Hi, I'm Tony Ruggiero, host of the Dew Sweepers for over a dozen years. For the last 12 years or so, I've had the best seat on any lesson tee in the world. I've had the opportunity to bring to you the best information to help you play better golf. I've had the opportunity to learn from myself and interview the greatest teachers, mental coaches, fitness and equipment experts in the game today. Many of them have gone on to become some of my best friends and the biggest influences of my teaching. Now, as the Dew Sweepers has kind of moved on and morphed and changed shape, I'm going to bring back some of the very best insight, the greatest teachers, and occasionally some of the best players in the game. And hopefully you'll enjoy listening from these lessons from the legends, if you will. And I'm going to start this podcast series off with a best of with the opportunity I had to sit down with my idol growing up he was my favorite player he stills my favorite player and I think when you listen you're going to understand why they call him gentle Ben truly one of the great gentlemen of the game and I still remember when getting out of college watching him win his last masters I remember crying with him on the 18th hole 18th green it was truly one of the highlights of my dozen years hosting radio was the opportunity a couple times to sit down and interview two-time Masters champion, winning Ryder Cup captain, Ben Crenshaw. I hope you will enjoy our talk. We're back on the Dew Sweepers. Here's your host, Tony Ruggiero. Welcome back into the Dew Sweepers, everybody. I am pleased to have join us two-time Masters champion, Ryder Cup captain, and Bull Golf Hall of Fame member, as well as my idol playing golf in San Antonio, Texas, Mr. Ben Crenshaw. Ben, how you doing this morning, and thanks for joining us on the Dew Sweepers. I'm fine, Tony. <clears throat> Thank you for having me on. Ben, part of the Dew Sweepers here, what we try to do is help golfers of all skill levels, people that are passionate about the game, learn to play better. And one of the things I would like you to talk about, as a, as a teacher, I'm always striving to find simple ways to help people play better and not make it so complicated could you would you mind sharing with some of our listeners just some of the things that you took from all of your years with with your teacher Harvey Penick there in Austin some of the things that that he helped share with you that helped made you such a great champion and a great player well uh first of all uh not only myself but and Tom Kite and uh so many players here in the Southwest were just blessed to have grown up around Harvey Pinnock. Uh, uh, he taught for the ages. Um, he he was very very concerned uh, about wanting to try to help a player, whether it was young or old, enjoy the game. First of all, he wanted people to get into the game, and he wanted to keep them there. Uh, he dedicated his life towards that. He was very much a fundamentalist meaning that uh, you, everyone, he said everyone can execute a good grip. Uh, it does provide the basis uh, by which the correct set of muscles in the hands and arms uh, can perform a, a correct movement. He said now there's not, there's always a, uh, there's always a, uh, uh, an, another, <laughs> There's other ways to do it. He said there's always going to be a player with a with a bad grip and a and a bad swing, but could really play. He said that player's dangerous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, so I, I think I think what I'd like to say is Harvey injected reality in in teaching, meaning that 
really, and not everyone can swing the club like Payne Stewart did or Tom Pertzer can or Tom Weisskopf. He said there's a lot of ways to do it. He said we're all built differently, every one of us. Um, uh, uh, Harvey really, really believed in that. He said he, in over uh, the course of his teaching, he said he really firmly believed that 90% of the mistakes that are made in a golf swing happen before the ball's hit. And that is a fascinating statement because he really did want people to pay attention on their aim and their ball position and the club face angle. Now, those are <clears throat> seemingly very unexciting uh, ways to think about the golf swing. But he was very much in the belief that when you when you are you're set up over the ball and your feet and the ball is in a certain position in your in your stance and the face the club face is is aimed uh just so he said 9 times out of 10 your uh subconscious is going to swing in other words what you see down before you you see you see how you are lined up and in your mind you're going to swing towards that he said a player that puts the ball up in their stance let's say towards the left foot and somebody who who changes and puts the ball back in their stance it's going to be seemingly the same swing but it's going to have a different result uh so you can people can make experimentations and different calculations just by putting the ball in a different spot in their in their stance he was very much wanting people to try to find out the bottoming out of their swing he he very much believed that he he said some people are going to swing and their bottoming out uh is going to be a little up in the stance some people like it a little bit further back we're all different that way um uh, but a good grip uh, starts the proper set of movements. Uh, he, the very first thing that he would look at a player or a pupil that he'd never seen, he he was going to uh, to look at their grip first. But Tony, the most fascinating thing about Harvey was that if he if you were about to take a lesson from Harvey, he would want to sit down and have a cup of coffee with you and spend a little bit of time uh, studying you. And I believe me, he was studying your every countenance. He was going to see what kind of body style that you had, whether you had long arms, short arms, what your torso looked like, whether you, whether you spoke uh, fast or whether you spoke slowly. He was studying your temperament so that he could give you a set and a prescription of what he thought he could tell you he was studying far more than your golf swing ben that's we've got just a little over uh, right around two minutes left if you wouldn't mind this is just fascinating stuff and you can tell how passionate you are about it if you were going to tell tell me something as a teacher that i could pass along to a junior golfer that i'm developing one thing that i could do with them that would help them enjoy their career get the most out of it what would it be uh i think harvey he he wanted he wanted um 
youngsters to to start out early. There's no question. Seven and eight and nine years old is 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 you know is a nice age to start. But he said, let them have fun. Uh, he he also he was he was he would present very little instruction uh, to those players. But uh, what he did want to do is cultivate somehow in a youngster the the importance of of the little shots. And Harvey started teaching from the cup backwards, which is a little bit different than what it is today. I mean, the very first thing that most uh, parents and some instructors go out and they go right to the practice tee and they start swinging and they start giving a few lessons. Uh, what what Harvey found that was useful, uh, sure, you can hit as many balls as you want, but you should end up somewhere around the green and on the green because he wanted the value of the short game and the feel of those little shots to reverberate throughout the full swing. Now, the first little shot that, that I learned as a, as a kid was a little seven-iron plain chip from off the green. And, uh, what, and Harvey was definitely old school in that he thought that you do not loft the ball unless you have to. Uh, he wanted the, the ball that, that played you know, close to the ground. He wanted the juniors to execute a proper little chip, uh, a very plain little chip. In other words, you tried not to loft the ball up in the air. Uh, he wanted that firm, crisp little contra- contact with the hands just barely leading the club head through the swing. That person or that youngster does, is not going to try to help the ball up in the air. Um, he very much believed that because what he thought was that same action mirrored the full stroke. Uh, so he wanted, he wanted little kids to feel that and keep the ball next to the ground. Uh, he thought that was the safest shot to play. But putting, chipping, little shots around the greens, he, he thought was vitally important for... Uh, uh, b- because it, it it has so much to do with scoring later on, but uh, you know, and have the kids start with some loft uh, of the club. It's very hard for a, for a little youngster to hit a driver. Get some loft in their hands, and and then that way they won't help the ball up in the air so much. I appreciate it. Thank Best you of luck so much. To all your pupils. All right. Thank you so much. We'll look forward to talking with you again. The Dew Sweepers Golf Show will be back next week with more help for your golf game. You've been listening to the Dew Sweepers Golf Show, brought to you by Edwin Watts Golf, with your host, Tony Ruggiero, equipment reviews, Robbie Adams, executive producer, Ralph Carroll, and producer, John Stewart. Join us next week in the quest to help you improve your golf game.